I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like dysphoria. Unfortunately, yes. Although that's less around and more like the gender and identity parts. Yes, it's true. It is actually. I'm sorry there's dysphoria more lately. There is dysphoria more lately. I am also sorry. I was a bit surprised to find it. And after a pretty serious injury and then a pandemic and then a lot of smoke and then... um, More pandemic and more smoke. And more illness, I gained a shirt size. And that means my my favorite shirts don't fit right now, Uh which is unacceptable. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But what also happened is that weight brought dysphoria back. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Me too. Like, how so? Well, it's most noticeable because the place where we do Tai Chi now, we were doing it outside for a while. I didn't do it for a long time because pandemic and other things. But there's a mirror and it goes maybe down to your hips. And uh, I saw myself in that mirror and my hips just looked too big. Like my trousers looked, the proportion was wider going down and I kind of freaked out. They looked like the wrong trousers. Yes, they (laughs) did look like the wrong trousers. And I'm sure it didn't help that, that they were the same color as the wall. So then like underneath the mirror, the the whole walls, you know, there. But the the same color as your shorts. Yes. And so then like not a, only does it spread out from your waist to shorts and then from shorts to like the entire width of the room. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Well, then you can't really figure out where it ends and you feel like it's not ending. But my, my shorts are like a tan gold color and the wall was gold color. You the, know? So anyhow. Ah. Uh, I'm sorry, that sounds really not happy. That could be a a thing that happened one week. And so then uh, I went back on another week and it was still there and I was not happy about that. And because I've seen this picture on the wall in the mirror, and then I go to put clothes on and they don't fit, I start to to feel very lumpy and squishy and wrong. Even though nobody really notices but me, I'm sure. And this is what we were saying when you first pointed it out. Because, like, it doesn't change the fact that you are feeling it. Even if nobody else is ever going to notice, it still doesn't change the fact that you notice. True. It doesn't change that. And I don't like it. I'm sorry. That's why it's called dysphoria, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. And it seems unfortunate for that to happen now after, what, eight, nine years of transition? It's 2013, so that would be eight now, yeah? Eight years, yeah. Okay. A little over eight because we're in the second half of the year. Yes. Yeah. I got used to having more distance from this dysphoria. Yes. You know, not the kind of distance like like I had pre-transition. That that was a more severe distance that I applied to the problem. (laughs) You seemed to enforce it. Yeah, I didn't realize it till after I decided to transition how before transition, my way of dealing with the dysphoria was to kind of 
blend it in to nothingness and ignore it so I wouldn't notice things about myself and I wouldn't notice other like secondary gender characteristics of males around me uh, their height you know the any anything about their features I would just categorize you know men and ignore that or at least ignore the the features of them as their gender so that was my way things like facial hair like leg hair like angular features like body contours like anything in particular or just the the whole thing the whole thing the whole thing i'm sorry i knew it was there and i'd you know but the amount of attention i would give it would be a fraction of the whole deal and i would only acknowledge it momentarily and move on from there and i didn't realize that till i was already transitioning and i started noticing other men around me their height they weren't all taller than me Mm -hmm. you know other things body shape movement you you like that. started to set yourself into the category of man more Conscious. concretely. Yeah, consciously. More consciously. And then you started comparing and then you would notice. You you couldn't notice until you could yeah, but it wasn't put yourself about comparing. there. It wasn't comparing, at least not initially. That's that wasn't the, the task. That wasn't the purpose of it. It was that I had taken down this veil of, you know, I had turned the lights on and I was willing to to look around. I no longer was excluded from these things. And so I could, I was willing to, you know, see them. And that's when I realized how I had turned them all away. And then I would start to notice things that would be more comparison of size mostly which i think is a thing i don't know maybe it's a human thing but you know i've seen the boys friends come in like i've mentioned in, in other recordings and size me up mm-hmm. so that that is the thing that people do mm-hmm. and people of all genders do it but there is definitely a way in which people do it that is like there's a, a more masculine way to size one another up and a more feminine way to size one another up and so yeah when Number two brings his friends around and he's, and his friends are looking at you like, her? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. They're they're just checking it out. What's Mm going to happen here? Yeah. And they've seen me get mad too. Yeah. So they've seen that. So they're, you know, I'm not this mild mannered person that somebody somewhere (laughs) thinks I am. I mean, because, you know, number three child has said, how do you stay so calm? And I explained to them, I am not calm. We are good at looking calm when we are not. You are. I don't know about me, but I look calmer than I am. That's for sure. Okay, fair. Yeah. And the sizing up thing, I think everybody does it. I mean, if you go back to safety math, which we've talked about before, you you know, you do that sizing up thing for that. And anything unexpected can fall in that category, even if it's not really about safety, but out of habit it can. Because today I was in the yard working on a planter box to go around the tree to put the mulch in, blah, blah, blah. And number three's friend came to the back gate to come in and asked if the child was still grounded and um, was, you know, I said, you can come in. You've, you know, you've already had approval to come in. And there was a a dude behind them. And I say this because the first child is not a dude. No, the first child is an AMAB NB who is very clearly not a dude. So I'm used to the little queer people coming in. Yes. And 
behind them, there was a little dude. And I was like, whoa. That one's actually a dude. Where'd the little dude come from? And the little (laughs) dude standing there like, where am I being dragged to? And, oh, look, there's a dude. Maybe this is okay. Like, I can see all this. And and you got to figure that little dude is okay if little dude is following NB Kid around. Yeah, but he looked kind of confused. Like, what are we doing now? And so they came in the yard. Uh-huh. And, well, well, first the first child came in and then said, oh, can my brother come in? Because the brother was still standing outside oh, the gate. Oh, that was brother. Okay. Yeah, the, the brother was still standing outside the gate. And I said, yes. And they came in and I instructed them to close the gate properly because teenagers need this. <laughs> it is true. Close it the way it was. Mm-hmm. If you get, say properly, they make up their own properly. So then I said, okay, and your brother's name is? And the child turns around and gestures to their brother, like, speak. Introduce yourself. Yes. So maybe this is why they get along with our child. They just don't talk or something, you know, to the other people out here. No, they only talk to each other. But yes. when they do, they do so very loudly and very squeakily. Yes. But they don't They don't talk to... We're, yeah. we're, we're not squeaky queers. No. So the other child had a very old-fashioned dude name like Henry or something like that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> you, can, you can see why their older sibling picked a new name. Yeah. If that's what the parents were going with. Right. Ugh. Yeah. So that was a, that was a sizing up thing, mm-hmm. you know, and before I would have been, before transition, I would have been like, ah, boy, children, go, whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And part of my pushing that away. Mm-hmm. And now I can see that interaction, you know. Right. That, that that boy's probably not even aware of that he does. Oh no, no. Yeah. And see that's that's why it's funny because I'll I'll see people online, I'm in a few queer discords where like you'll get people who are like, I'm not sure if I'm cis and I'm like, if you're even thinking that, it's okay. You're not. We're we're here. <laughs> like cis don't think about these things. Cis people it's very rare for not. cis people to question their own gender. No, they question why you're questioning your gender, but they will not question their own. Well, and the thing is, like, I've known a few people who did because they were in the community, they were surrounded by community. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they had that frame of reference for, like, is this a thing I should do? And this is why it's hilarious to me when people are like, we're turning kids trans by, you know, ROGD and whatever else, that it's a social contagion. And I'm like, no, the cis kids question their gender, then they come back to the one they started with if they're cis. It's okay. What did you say? ROGD? R-O-G-D, Rapid Onset Gender Dysphoria, which is a turf term for kids catching the tran from their friends. Oh, I see. Okay. Actually, not okay, but understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I, do, I do like that awareness. It's almost a bit embarrassing how different it is to me from when I tuned everything out. But then again, that may have just been my week and my day. Yes, So <laughs> fair. Now, compare that before transition to the way that dysphoria happens early on in transition. Because at that point, once you did start making comparisons, and then you had these ideas of what was going to happen, I know there are a lot of people out there for whom the start of medical transition heightens dysphoria because you're like, now that I know what I want, I'm more disappointed that I don't have it yet. It was a, a large amount of time devoted to that topic on YouTube by trans guys. Yes, it's true. Of where are my whiskers? 
And is my voice going to get deeper or not? Uh, so you do. You do start thinking about that. Like after all these years of feeling like your face in the mirror is not your gender and, you know, it's a very disconcerting situation to say the least to finally know that some changes are coming and you hope for certain changes you know in your body shape and your face shape and not your you know hair migration you do want like facial hair and some people want other body hair but although i gotta say the thinning hair totally contributes to your passing like you're just a little old man (laughs) i am I am. And little. it's totally great. It's, I love it. It's it is great because the problem was that that that's what how I decided to transition. I I remember I came home from the gym and I got in the shower and I was standing there, it was glass shower, and I was looking, you know, I, I remember the room and all of a sudden I thought, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to be like this in my body. I can change this. Yeah. And we were talking about this earlier and you were almost angry about the fact that I remembered the way you told me that later that day when I came home from work work and we were sitting there on the bed and you were telling me about this and I I remember distinctly you saying something about like scrubbing your chest or feeling the water on your chest or you know there was something about tactile sensation on the tissue in front of your rib cage and you're like no that would never happen because I blocked that entire section of my body out I I have no memory of that. And certainly if I sounded angry, that's probably part of the dysphoria. Like, how dare you talk about something I was ignoring? <laughs> um, well, thank you for explaining that. I don't like yeah. when you're angry with me. I'm sorry. I was angry about not remembering things because... That's also been a problem lately, but I blame mm. sepsis for that. Well... And it's embarrassing to think, you know, you remember something that I apparently said and did, and I have no idea... I'm sorry. And then I had the embarrassing day of today. Oh, I know. Today has been just, hard. It, it, it's, it's been it's been hard. I, I, I can do a slight bit of explaining at some point just it's, because it's just Well, we'll probably talk to... about it another time because it it's also a gendered experience, but we'll probably save that for our next episode. Because, like, the thing is, that's been my experience for, like, as long as I can remember that, you know, my mouth goes on autopilot sometimes as a coping skill. And so you'll, you've said before that I've said things that I had no remembrance of saying that once we were at a theme park and I said, go one way. And I was like, no, why would I say go that way? I don't know what I was saying. Or that I'll tell the kids, yes, yes, yes. And then you're like, did you really mean yes? And I'll have to like. You don't do it now that they're teenagers, but that's good awareness on your part (laughs) because that's very dangerous. But when they were younger, you, you would automatically answer. And that's the thing. Like I I have had a mouth on autopilot probably since before I carried my first. Like probably since I was a young adult it's the filter. before parenting. It's it a is. filter problem. But I'm I'm sorry that you're having that experience now of not remembering things that you said because I remember how disconcerting that felt when you first pointed it out to me and I was like, oh, I knew I had autopilot, but I didn't realize it was taking over without me turning it on. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it makes you wonder if a lot of things. But anyhow, like you said, it's another deal. Mm-hmm. Well, as you were saying, or I've heard you say many times that you've heard it gets worse before it gets better. 
And I think that's a interesting statement from my perspective because I don't know that it gets worse for everybody. Maybe it does for some people. I think the awareness becomes heightened of of what you're expecting and you know I'm I've decided after all this time that I'm going to have these changes happen and where are they already you know so it's a bit of impatience not so much worse because there's a lot of hope okay there's a lot of hope and the hope is so big compared to the craters of despair that you had before that okay that the hope to me outweighs the any you know any idea of worse dysphoria. Okay. So there's a is it more detailed I, awareness as well? Uh-huh. That yeah, makes sense. There's there's some it's like you're hopeful so you you know yeah you're impatient but but so, that's not yeah, terrible dysphoria like getting to stand in front of a mirror and go what the hell happened here? That that makes My sense. My hips have gotten out of control. <laughs> I don't think your hips have gotten out of control. Right. I've noticed that you've gained weight, but honestly, I don't see it in your front-facing silhouette. I see it in your sideways silhouette. Like, I see more belly and more bum, but I don't see more hips, but maybe that's just Well, and I was aware of my belly, doing the little old man belly thing, Mm -hmm. and that being part of why my shirts weren't fitting. Because you'd say, put the shirt on, let's see if it buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Mm. Well, I'm that's not going to put that shirt on. I you want were, a bigger one. You were putting on shirts and saying, do you think this will look okay for whatever you had going on that day? And I'd say, I don't know. Does it button? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I, I it, see that. It was funny to me that I had this one shirt that was too big for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I bought it because I really liked it. And, you know, it was during the pandemic and I needed, you know, a shirt mm-hmm. of that caliber so I got it home and it was too big because you couldn't try things on and all that nonsense and I couldn't take it back mm-hmm. because they wouldn't take things back so it was in the closet and I did find another one in the right size and bought that so I had like a medium and a large or a small and a medium or mm-hmm. whatever they are I was really glad I had the larger size because then I had it. I like the clothes a little bit loose just comfortable uh-huh. I'm an old man I don't care right <laughs> I'm not trying to look skinny jeans or something I just want <laughs> clothes on <laughs> right you know i want them to be comfortable mm-hmm. and uh so i was really glad that shirt the larger shirt was there and i did have to get three more shirts so that i would have enough shirts until i can button the other ones again yes so but see because of that i totally hadn't noticed your hips and so i can totally see though how like dysphoria would make you notice your hips because dysphoria makes you notice a lot of things and that if it's okay, I want to take it back to the thing that you just said about how like, when you started transition, mm-hmm. it didn't get worse, but it got more noticeable. Like it was improving, but it was still getting like it was louder, but it was a better sound to be louder. Is that it, an acceptable well, analogy? Maybe. I mean, it could be like, what I say is a good song and you say with those lyrics, <laughs> you know, it could be like that. I mean, yeah, there, there's there's two things going on, you know. Yeah, I've been trying for about the past few minutes since you said that to come up with a decent analogy. Mm-hmm. Or, I, th- I think it's a bit more like putting glasses on when you we need them. And then you put them on and you say, whoa, I can see things. And maybe you didn't want to see all of them. <laughs> right. But there they are. 
When you had that experience of noticing your hips a few weeks ago, you decided that you wanted to do something about it. Yes. And I have to say, because it's dysphoria, I had tuned out the word hips and the thought of hips in my mind and just thought, why the hell are my pants wider than (laughs) top of me? What's wrong with this? That's not how it's supposed to be. Oh, that's... that's. See? I'm sorry. Yes, I totally understand dysphoria blinders. Yes. So between that and the fact that I also discovered my shirts weren't fitting, I decided I needed to stop eating the wrong things and eat the right things and don't eat so many of them in order to get back to this, you know, the size and shape that is less dysphoric and also likely more healthy. Yes. And, and I use an app and I noticed in the app that I had the same problem last year, mm-hmm. but this year, last year, my shirt still fit. So as you pointed out this year, you know, if you do this too many years in a row of this whole problematic cycle here mm-hmm. where you can't get exercise right? and it's depressing outside, I probably lost my, a better muscle to fat ratio than I had before. Yeah, that's, that is entirely possible that. And with the belly going down, the shirts will fit the button anyway. Mm-hmm. I need to feel like I can move my arms and shoulders in them as well, like eat very easily. Yes, that is that is an important thing. You need to be able to move in your shirts. Yeah, so I'm trying to um, reduce the wrong type of, I won't call it nutrition, <laughs> foods. There we go. <laughs> and and make sure I'm eating enough of the right foods that are better for me. And and exercising again. Right. Which fortunately, my body didn't decide to break down once I decided I was going to exercise. It remembered how to do that? It does. It just doesn't always remember how to do it without having something break. Oh. You know, well, or malfunction, I should say. Not necessarily break, break, but yes. malfunction or something. But it's all working right now. So far, you know, without the problems we were having with the West being on fire and me having rashes where I couldn't go outside because my arms won't let me sleep because they're itchy and all Mm -hmm. that other nonsense, I would be outside all day doing things in the yard all day, gardening type things. Right. And going from that to nothing and then going from many months of nothing to being outside all day. Mm Mm-hmm. I got a little sore and didn't sleep so great. Right. So... But that's not interfering with your ability to be more active and use up more of the food that you eat and hopefully reduce the hips and the belly. So far, no. The pants and the belly. Well, and that's the thing. With the bigger shirts, I can wear the bigger pants. And the pants aren't actually that much bigger. They're just not shrunk. The other ones were shrunk. And I probably bought the other ones last year when the same problem happened. Well. But, so the dysphoria is better when I can have the right proportion clothes on, but the shirt I had on was underneath a long sleeve shirt because I was protecting my arms from getting any more rashes and Mm. I could take it off once I was inside. And there I was with a regular size shirt and my big pants. So the clothes probably didn't help your perception of your hips. Yeah. And although I was aware of that, I couldn't deal with it any better. No, which is just like the thing where if you know nobody else is noticing, you still notice. Even Mm -hmm. if you know that some of it has to do with clothes, you're still freaking out about the shape in general. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, dysphoria is not rational. No, it is not. Okay. So you experienced dysphoria. We talked about it. Mm -hmm. We talked about how it compared to older dysphoria. And now you're doing something about your body to help lessen dysphoria. Yes. And it's a motivator. 
Well, that's good. I know that's another thing that I hear people say a lot is that, you know, they have a hard time wanting to take care of their body when they are so dissociated from it. Right, right. Well, and I, in part, I, I got into that, the situation I'm in because of something similar or, or parallel, which was just feeling so depressed about, you know, the state of everything you, around me and that my body kept going through. Mm-hmm. You had a series of unfortunate events that heightened your regular chronic depression. Yes. Regular depression. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds wrong, but it's true. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so is there anything else interesting or worth discussing about any of that? Or have we exhausted the topic and we'll come back to it again when you're... I don't know. Okay. Nothing I can think of. So. So is that it for now? That's probably it for now. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! After a pretty good injury, do you call it good? I guess that's not the way to say that. A pretty serious injury. I got used to. Sorry. <laughs> you got used to. <laughs> You'll have to cut all them out. That makes more sense, kind of. Uh, lots of things make sense to different people, and I don't know what they are. Well, I'm sure that our friends will follow you better than I do sometimes. I hope so. Otherwise, I'm not sure why they're listening here. (laughs) Is there anything else interesting about that, or gendery about dysphoria, or that's wrong? Try again. (laughs) All of the dysphoria is gendery. I mean, except when it's not. I'm trying to come up with a decent way to wrap this up in my mouth. Just keeps I can't trying help you. to Sorry, find you'll it. find one. Just go I will. for it, and then you'll save that one. Oh my god! Come on, mouth, do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>